Good afternoon, everyone. Now, we, we, we're talking about the church, right? We're, we've been talking about the church all month. I've been excited about these sermons. These sermons have been very, very exciting. And there's a purpose why we come into this place. There's a purpose why we're here. We're not just here to just greet and meet, you know, girl, where you been last week? Did you hear about the sale? That's it. No, no. There's a purpose why we're here. Or oh, for the fellas, you know, did you see the new golf cart that's out last week? There's a purpose. There's a purpose why we're here. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that purpose while we come into the house of God. We know what the church is, right? I know Pastor Tim told you, we're the church. The people are the church. We know it's a gathering. We know that the building is not the church. We know all that. We know all that. We know that it's on Sunday. We know it's 8.30. We know it's 11. We know it's Wednesday night, 6. We know all that. But do we know why we come in this place? My God, man, I'm telling you, there's an awesome thing when a person knows the purpose why they're in here. When you know your purpose. There's a reason why we're in here. Man, I tell them all the time, expectation. You got to come in this place expecting God to show up and show out in your life. Oh, man, y'all missed that one. Y'all missed that one. You got to walk in this place expecting your life to change. You got to walk in this place. This is the house of God. We are in the presence of God. And when I come into the presence of God, I come with expectation. I come in here believing and trusting in him. There's a reason why I come in here. I struggled all week. I had a bad week. My family been struggling. My finances been struggling. I've been sick. I've been tore up. I've been broke down. I've been jumped on. I've been talked about. But there's a purpose why I'm up in here. Can I expect things to change? You got to come in here with expectation. There's a reason why I'm in here. There's a reason why I walk in this place. There's a reason why I raise my hand. There's a reason why I say, God, you are worthy to be praised. There's a purpose why I do that. I don't just do it because Andrew asked me to raise my hand. I raise my hand because there's a reason. I worship him because there's a reason. I come in this place because there's a reason. My life is on the line. My family's on the line. My brothers and sisters are on the line. Woodburn Church is on the line. The Franklin Campus is on the line. Franklin community is on the line. Your children is on the line. The people you've been praying for who are not saved is on the line. There's a purpose why I'm up in this place. There's a purpose why I praise him. There's a purpose why I shout. There's a purpose why I act a fool in God. Now, y'all don't know nothing about acting a fool in God, do you? Well, ask the psalmist David. He acted a fool. They talked about him. But he knew he had a purpose. There was a purpose. There was a purpose. Man, I remember I went to Pilot this morning. I was, I drove to Pilot and I stopped to get some gas. And this couple cat out and they had their kids. They had on Philadelphia Eagles. Don't jump on me, y'all. Don't jump on me. I know y'all Titans fan. I'm just telling you what I saw. I'm just telling you what I saw. Don't shoot the messenger. They had on Philadelphia Eagles jerseys, him and it, and they had their family with them. And, and I stopped. I said, man, it looked like y'all like Philadelphia. Yeah, they playing the Titans today and they having a game today. And we're all going down there. They was excited. Their kids was excited. Everybody was excited. They had their jerseys on. Everybody was shouting. Then all of a sudden, another car pulled beside me with a boat and this man got out with his kids and everybody got out. They was all excited. People was about to go. And I was the only one getting ready to go to church. Man, I was like, man, I feel like a dork. 
Everybody's finna go somewhere else, but there's a purpose. <laughs> so I didn't feel so bad when I left. While everybody else was about to go do their thing, I was coming up into the house of God. Y'all, 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 y'all missing that one. Y'all missing that one. There's a purpose. There's a purpose why I come in here. Yeah, I might have felt bad where everybody else was going somewhere else, but I knew that my family was on the line. And I got to come up in this place and I got to get a word from God. I got to hear something because things been crazy. You understand. Things get a little crazy out there. Sometimes I don't know how to handle it. Sometimes I don't know what to do. Sometimes, I, you know, David says, the, the psalmist David says, I, when they said unto me, I was so glad when they said unto me. I was so glad when they said unto me, let us go up into the house of God. I was so excited because you don't know how my week been. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know my struggles. But when somebody said it's time to go to church, I was excited. Oh, man. Y'all, all right, now I'm finna preach. Now I'm finna preach. Luke 2. Go with me to Luke 2. You got to get excited, somebody, because you got to get excited when you come up into the house of God. We get excited when we go everywhere else. We get excited when we go everywhere else. But it seems like when it's time to come into the house of God, we walk in here with no expectation. Have you ever thought about that? You know, you leave your, you, you, you leave your life and... You come in here and you expect your life to be the same way it was when you walked in here. Some of you have family members that's been struggling. Some of you have been praying for your family members. Some of you have been praying for your kids. Some of you have been praying for your marriage. Some of you have been praying for healing in your body. And you walk up into the church expecting nothing to change when you leave here. That's why you walk in here with doubt. That's why you walk in here, because you don't expect nothing to change. Because your circumstance has kept you locked. Your situation has kept you broke down. And when you walk up in here, you're just coming up into a building. I'm just going to come up into this place and see how everything goes. Because I know when I leave, everything's going to be the same when I get home. There's nothing going to change. So I'm just up in here. I'm just chilling out. You know, hey, girl, how's everything doing? But I'm not expecting no change. But I dare you. I tell you, I promise, I double dog dare somebody in here today. At this sermon, in this service, saying, when I leave, something is going to change. <laughs> I'm not going to see the same thing I seen when I went home. Yeah, I might got that old drunk husband on the couch, but when I get home, he's going to be watching TBN with some Kool-Aid in his hand. See, y'all don't believe nothing like that. See, you don't believe that. Why? Because every time you've seen him, he's always been drunk. And every time you come into the house of God, you expect him to still be drunk when you get home. Every time you see your marriage, you, de you decide when you come in here, it's still going to be messed up when you get home. Because that's what you believe. You don't believe that when you get home that God can change that thing. You don't trust him. You don't trust God. You don't believe that God. Let me tell you, you serve a mighty God. You serve a mighty God that can do more than you can even think or imagine. More than you can even think or imagine. God is doing things in your life. God can do things in your life that will just blow you away. You looking at one right now? Thank God for Woodburn Campus. I might not say this enough, but I thank God for you guys. I thank God, but first of all, I got to thank God for him. When I got saved, the first day I got saved, I knew my life was going to change. Why? Because I began to read the word of God and I began to believe in and trust it. I began to read the word of God and every time I read the word of God, I began to believe whatever he said in his word, he was going to do it. 
I believe that. I believe that. I'm a believer. Don't call me no believer and I doubt. I'm a believer. Whatever he said in this word, I believe he was going to do it. I expect some change in my life. I expect God to do something in my life. I wasn't going to be an addict no more. I wasn't going to be a drunk no more. I expect God to change my life. I believe that. Oh, whew. man, is God good. You got to expect that thing. You got to believe that. You got to look here. Look here. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. Who are the just? You are the just. That is the lifestyle of a believer to live by faith. You got to walk in faith. You got to become word people. People who read the word and believe the word. I remember I used to work, and uh, you know, back in the days, I'm talking about way back in the days, way back in my great-grandmom in them days, my great-grandma lived in the brokest down house you can ever see. Y'all remember them back way in the days down in Mississippi. And I used to walk in her house, and I used to say, Grandma, how you doing? She said, ooh, I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. God is good all the time. And I looked around and go, I don't see how. But she was expecting Come on, somebody. She was expecting. She didn't see it, but she believed it. I walk by faith and not by sight. I don't see it, but I believe it. I don't see it, but I believe it. I don't see it, but I believe it. You might not see it, but I bet you better start believing it. I dare you to start believing it. I dare you to start getting this word said, okay, this is what you say. This is what's okay now. Girl, you better get out of my face, girl, because this is what the word says to me. Boy, you better get out of my face. Distractions will cause you to doubt. Distractions will cause you to doubt. Your situation, your circumstance, your pain, your hurt, your doubt will cause you to doubt. It would cause you to doubt. Miracles are not happening in church no more because people are not walking in expectation no more. Things are not happening because people are not walking in expectation. People are not believing God to show up in their lives and show out in such a mighty way. We have put God in a box. We have put God in a box and it's time to get God out of the box. It is time to get God out of the box. It is time to walk up in this place. I dare you to huddle up with your family before you get ready to come to church. Okay, family, this is what I'm believing. This is what I'm believing. I'm believing God to do this in my life before we get there. Before we walk up in there, before Pastor Tim preached, before the praise and worship team, we're going to huddle up. We're going to get together. Now, God is going to do what he said he's going to do, and I believe he's going to do it. I expect my marriage to be better. I expect my children to be better. I expect my life to be better. Now, we're going to huddle up. So when I walk in there so when I get in the middle of praise I'm already expecting <laughs> when I get in praise I'm already expecting you ever said you know how you set yourself up for expectation you know how you do it huh you ever been in the airport and you've been lost huh what do you do when you when you lost you know how silly you look I dare you to come into church like that I dare you come into church looking for something. I dare you to walk up in here looking for something. Huh? Come on. I dare you to walk up in here. I dare you to walk up in here and buy, and Andrews get ready to play. You be like, but something's finna change in my life and I'm looking for it. Mm-hmm. What you doing? Looking for my blessing. <laughs> I dare you. I dare you to walk around. 
They say, he's crazy, but I'm looking for something. I'm looking for something. I'm expecting something. I walk up in these doors. I walk up in the presence of God, and I'm looking for something. I dare you. I dare you to come. That's the purpose of the church. That's the purpose of the church. That's why I come on Sunday. That's why I sit up in here. That's why I raise my hand. That's why I come in these doors on Sunday. That's why I come on Sunday night. That's why I listen to the word. That's why I get in the word. Because I'm looking for something. Y'all don't understand. Y'all don't understand. I've been broke down way too long. And I'm looking for something. I'm looking for a change. That's crazy. That's crazy, ain't it? That's crazy. But that's the way we ought to come in here. We ought to know the purpose of the church. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for my life. God has a plan for our life. And I dare you to believe that the word of God would jump off of them pages and jump on your life. I dare you to believe that. So let's talk about that a little bit, all right? Let's talk about that. Luke 2. Let's talk about that. Luke 2. Are you guys with me? You ain't tired of me already, are you? Okay, okay, okay. Y'all got y'all to gotta understand me. I come from a different breed. Come from a different breed, y'all. Come from a different breed. I'm just excited. I'm just excited. Don't get mad at me. Get your own excitement. Get your own excitement. Don't get mad at me. I just jumped in minds and said, okay, Lord, this is what you're going to do. Don't hate me. Don't hate the player. Hate the God. Because he's the one who gave me this joy. He the one that gave me this peace. Don't get mad at me. I'm excited. I'm like this all the time. Ask my wife. We go up in restaurants. She said, you know what? You never shut up. No, I won't. Uh-uh. This brother can't shut up. I've been bound down too long. I got to talk. I talked to the dishwasher the other day. What's going on, player? How's it going back there? Thank God you got a job. Them dishes pretty dirty, ain't it, man? Boy, God's good. <laughs> hey man, I was up in there. He go, I work. I, man, they be sweeping up peanuts and logans. I said, man, you what's up with the peanuts? I was talking to the peanut sweeper. Cause God's good. Don't get mad at me because I'm excited. Don't get mad at me because I decided to trust God's word. Don't get mad at me because I decided to believe Him. Don't get mad at me because I put my trust in Him. Cause that's what His word says: lean not on your own understanding, trust in the Lord. I put my trust, now, is my life great? No, it's not. Is my life great? No, it's not. I'm not sitting up here and saying I got a perfect life. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is I got a powerful God and I trust him. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I put my trust in him. I'm saying I give him my life. I give him my burdens. I give him my worries. I give him my cares. I give him my pain. I give him my hurt. I give him my struggle. I give him my family. I give him my life. I give him this church. I give him the Franklin church. I give him everything and I trust he know what to do with it. And I trust he know what to do with it. And so I have peace. I have joy. That's what I'm looking for. See, I'm looking for some joy. I'm looking for some peace. I know some of y'all looking for some peace. I know some of y'all wish one day you can have some peace in your life. I know you've been praying for peace. I know you've been praying for joy. But let me tell you, if you already have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, honey, you already got peace. You just need to tap into it. Luke 2, Luke 2. Did I say Luke 2? Okay. Verse 41. (laughs) Oh, boy, I tell you, boy, that God is off the chain. 
I dare you to get excited, man. I dare you. You know what? Here's what I, I, I say this all the time, and I know, and I know, and I, I swear I had no energy drink or nothing, no coffee or nothing. This is the Holy Ghost. If we're going to reach the community and reach other people, if you're going to be praying for your family, let me tell you, they're going to have to see you excited first. You telling them about Jesus and you broke down. You tell them how good God is and they don't see it on you. You trying to get them to come to your church. You trying to get them to come here, but they don't see it working in you. You trying to tell them that God is a good God, but they don't see you worshiping. You try to tell them God is a powerful God. They don't see no peace in your life. You try to tell them, come, come, come. Remember, you are the church. When they see you, they see the church. When they see you, they see the church. If they see broke down, then they believe you come to a broke down church. If they see depression, they're going to believe you come to a church that's full of depressed people. So they're going to say, I might as well stay on the streets then. It ain't did nothing in your life. But when they see a change in your life. Now watch this. I'm not talking about a physical change. I'm talking about a spiritual change. When they see a spiritual change in your life. When they begin to see some peace in your life. When they begin to see some joy in your life. When they begin to see a change from the inside. Then they will be able to see the church from the inside. When they begin to see that you have a purpose in life. When they begin to see that you begin to trust God and you're not broke down all the time. You're not angry all the time. You're not mad all the time. Your past don't bother you no more. You are going to the future. That is your witness, church. You are the one that witnessed with your life. The best witness that you can ever do is the witness with your life. The best witness that you can ever do is the witness with your life. Luke 41. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other believers, the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him was amazed at his understandings and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you not know that I must be in my father's house? Y'all, anybody remember the Fresh Prince? You remember his first songs? Parents just don't understand. Y'all remember that song? Now that was what's up. Fresh Prince was what's up. Now I'm telling you, I know y'all little Wayne fans and show you how to duck and all that. But, but I'm going to tell you. Fresh Prince was the man. He was. He was the man. I'm not going to do it. My daughter said, Daddy, please don't Dougie. I'm not going to do it. And Fresh Prince had a video saying, parents just don't understand. And they showed him going to jail. 
They showed him having a party. If you've seen the video, they show him having a party. They're showing his life all messed up. And at the end, he says, parents don't understand. In other words, he was saying, this is how a child is supposed to live. A child is supposed to get in trouble. A child is supposed to go to jail. A child is supposed to drink. A child is supposed to be messed up. And parents just need to understand. But Jesus flipped it. Jesus flipped it. He says, parents just don't understand that there's a purpose for your kids in the church. The Bible says that Jesus says there, I'm here for a reason. Didn't you know that I must be in church? I must be about my father's business. It is an obligation. It is a duty for me to be here. There is a reason. There's a purpose why you're in here. That's what that scripture is saying. Jesus says, why did you have to look for me everywhere else? Didn't you not know there's a reason why I'm supposed to be in here? There's a purpose why I'm in here. Now watch this. This is going to mess you up. If you want your kids to know the purpose, then you need to know the purpose. How in the world are we going to teach the next generation the purpose if we don't know the purpose? How in the world do you expect your kids to expect God to do something if you don't understand? The parents got to understand the purpose of church first. You got to know why you're in here before you can even teach your kids the reason why you're in here. You got to know the purpose. Let me tell you two reasons why we come to church. Two reasons. The first reason why we come to church, Psalms 84. Psalms 84 says this. Psalms 84 says, we come to dwell. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven army. Watch this. We come in here to get strength. Where the Bible says, I come to gain strength. I come in here to gain strength. That's why I'm in this church. To hear the word of God, to gain strength. Faith comes by what? Faith comes by what? Faith comes by what? And how can they hear if there's not a preacher to preach? So I come here to gain faith and strength. Now, let me tell you this story. You'll hear the Franklin campus say this all the time. You'll hear him say this. If you ever remember back in biblical times where they had a boat, they didn't have the, the boats with the engines. The, the slaves had to roll the boat. You remember that? The slaves had to roll the boat. And the slaves, what they did, they would lock them down to the bottom of the boat. And they would have to row it. And what the master would do, he would say, row. And you got to row. The master would say, row. And you got to row. He would say, row. You got to row. Now, look here. God's your master, right? You come into church to row. This is how you gain strength, by rowing. So when somebody said, why do you go to church? You tell them, this is how I row. You row to gain strength. Now, watch this. Even in the midst of the storm, you got to keep rowing. Even in your hardest time, you got to keep going. But when you want to give up, you got to come so the master can tell you to keep rowing. See, some of you need to row because your marriage is messed up. You need to keep. Some of y'all finances is messed up. You need to keep rowing. See, you got to keep rowing even in the midst of the storm. And when I feel like dropping my oars, I got to come up in church so somebody can tell me to pick them back up. Oh, y'all missed that one. Y'all missed that one. You come to church for strength, folks. You come here to learn how to row. 
You come here to learn how to keep going. When times seem rough, you got to keep going. Now, y'all know I'm a janitor, right? And when I say my job stink, I don't mean it literally. Sometimes it stinks. And sometimes I have to roll, you know what I mean? I got to roll for my family. But sometimes I go up in some of the restrooms and I feel like rolling back on out of there. But the reason why I keep doing what I do, because I expect to get paid every other Thursday. I'm looking for something. I go in there and I look for a check. And even when they mess up on my check, I still keep working, right? You keep working. Now, let me show you this. The reason why you are rowing, the reason why you keep going, because God is going to show up one day. Now, watch this. You might not get it, but that don't mean you got to stop. That don't mean you got to stop. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. You got to walk. I'm telling you, I can look at some of your faces right now. You're going, yeah, he just don't know my husband. You just don't. You can preach all you want, Pastor, but my husband ain't going to change. He's crazy. You don't know my wife. You don't know my kids, Shaniqua and them. They just, they just acting up. Y'all looking at me like that, but that's what's wrong. See, you don't know your God good enough. You don't know your God good enough. Man, I'm telling you, you ain't even, look, I don't even have to preach. Andrew shouldn't even have to, have to even, have to rush you up. He shouldn't have to say, please stand up and raise your hand. It is a shame, now I'm finna go somewhere that's gonna mess you up, that somebody had to beg you to worship your God. It is sad when somebody had to say, I dare you to lift your hands. We come in here to worship him because he's worthy to be praised. That's the purpose. I come here to worship him. And when I worship him, it is through my worship when I get strength. It is through my worship that I feel his presence. It is through my worship where I feel his power. Then when I can go out there, I can keep rowing, baby. I can keep going. That's what we fail at. You know, sometimes I get frustrated as a pastor. Seriously. I feel like I have to be a cheerleader for someone who's already doing something in your life. It feels like I have to say, look, worship him. Watch this. He died on the cross. You ought to be worshiping anyways. Praise the Lord, Eric. Hurry up and shut up and get out of here. We got a barn service tonight. The second reason why we in here, Hebrews 10, 25 says this. It says, forsake not the fellowship as some of you do. Why? Watch this. Why are you here? You are here to encourage one another. That's why you in here. You in here to encourage one another. That's why you're here. First of all, you're here to gain strength from God. And then you're here to encourage somebody else who needs strength. That's why we're here. That's why we walk in here. I heard a story about a mother invited all her sisters and brothers over to her house from church. And she told her son to, to do the praying. He said, well, mama, I don't know how to pray. She said, well, honey, just pray everything you hear me say. He said, all right. He said, why do I have to bring these fools over to the house? One of the worst 
attacks that Satan is putting on the church is people getting offended. More people are being offended and angry at each other instead of loving each other. More churches are scrappling and fighting instead of loving each other. More churches break up because somebody got offended. Somebody got angry with what somebody said about you, what somebody did to you. Somebody made you angry. Somebody made you mad. Somebody, somebody uh, talked about your mom. Somebody didn't like the picture of your dog on Facebook. Somebody said ugly dog and you got mad and you quit coming to church. And some of y'all do got ugly dogs. I'm not going to lie. I seen them on Facebook. Look here. I said dogs now. I didn't say children. But some of y'all get so offended because you think that you come in here and somebody is supposed to always be happy with you. But that's not the purpose that I come in here. I come in here to encourage you. When your life is messed up, when your life is, is struggling, I come here to encourage you, brother. I come here to say, sister girl, keep going. You can make it because I love you. I don't care what you say about me and my family. I'm going to pray for you. I don't care what you do to me. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to keep you. Keep going, brother. I know it's rough. I know it's hard, but keep going. That's what I'm here for. Keep going. I know times get rough sometimes. I know it get a little hard sometimes, but keep going. I know things get a little rough sometimes, but you keep rowing, brother. You keep rowing, sister. You keep going. I know it gets a little rough sometimes, but I'm here. I'm your brother in Christ. I'm here to encourage you. Do you hear me? I'm here. I know things get rough sometimes. Yeah, it gets a little hard. It gets a little frustrated. You want to give up sometimes, don't you? You just want to throw in the towel. You just want to throw in the towel. But I'm here to tell you don't throw in the towel. I'm here to tell you don't give up. I'm here to tell you I love you. I'm here to tell you I cherish you. You are my church and I'll fight for you. You are my brother and I'll fight for you. You are my sister in Christ. I fight for you. Reason why most churches break down because people don't defend their church. They don't defend their brothers and sisters. And I tell the Franklin campus this all the time. Don't you let nobody talk about your church. (laughs) Woo, going a little deep, going a little deep. Don't you let nobody talk about your pastor. You defend your pastor. You defend your church. You defend your brothers and sisters in Christ. When somebody gets to talk about your pastor, say, look here, I ain't trying to hear that. Because that's who feed me on Sunday. That's who pray for me. That's who intercede for me. That's who can't sleep at night for me. I dare boy, you keep on. I go to jail for my pastor. I go to jail for this church. I ain't heard nothing like that. Why? Because I defend this church. I love this church. I'm here to encourage you guys. I love you guys. Yeah, I'm wild. That's cool. That's my style. I got swag. I'm cool like that. I'm sorry. That's just me. I don't have all this whatever you think I should have, but that's just, I'm just being me. I'm just keeping it rizzle. I'm what's up. <laughs> the kids told me I'm what's up. It's cool now. But let me, now I'm going to tell you two reasons why people stay out of church. 
Galatians says this. I am shocked. I am shocked that you have turned from God so quick. I hear this all the time. I go down there. They said, we don't like that video. We don't like that video. I said, well, I, uh, Woodburn's right up the street. I preach at night. Do they show up? No. Well, we don't like that other pastor. We'll take the short, uh, we'll take the tall white one before we take the short black one. That's fine. Well, I don't like the tall white one. I take the short black one. You know, everybody got these excuses. Now, the reason why you don't come to church is because you fell out of love with God. It has nothing to do with video, has nothing to do with me, has nothing to do with Pastor Tim. Has it all because you have fell out of love with God. Use all the excuses you want to use. The reason why you quit showing up, because you do not love your God anymore. What you're saying is, God, I'm not rowing for you no more. I'm throwing my oars down. I give up. I'm turning my back on you. Oh, I'm talking to somebody now. Anybody who want to give up church, just quit. Don't blame nobody. Quit blaming everybody else for your situation and your problem. Let me tell you something. I say this all the time, and I, and I, and I like to be straightforward in case y'all didn't tell. What somebody do to you is none of your business. But how you treat them is all your business. That's why you are here to learn how to treat somebody better than they're treating you. Down there where we, uh, in the Franklin campus, one of the hardest things that I have to deal with It's people who's been addicts all their lives. People who's been addicts all their life who don't know the purpose of church. Their only purpose is to get high or or remember what somebody said to them. They've been molested. They've been been messed up all their lives. They've been torp all their lives. And and, and see, you got to be careful. You got to be careful what you teach people who's already been taught that they're nothing, that they're nobodies, and that's their failures in their life. You got to be careful. You got to just minister the word to them. Say, look here, there is a reason why you are in here because Jesus died for you and Jesus loved you and you are somebody. I'm finna close up. I'm finna close up. I'm finna close up. The second reason why we don't come to church, a lot of people stay out of church. Now, when I say come to church, I don't mean miss a Sunday or something. I mean neglect. That word neglect means you just turn away from it. I'm talking about neglect. Now, I'm not talking about missing a Sunday or something. I'm talking about neglect. The second reason why Matthew says this in 24, that people will begin to hate each other. I found out another reason why people stay out of church is because they begin to hate their brothers and sisters. Folks, let me tell you something. All jokes aside, if you don't know why you're in here, I feel for you. All you are doing is just sitting here wasting your time. If you don't know why you're here, you're here for a reason. You're in this place for a reason. First of all, you in here to expect God to do something in your life. And when God do something in your life, you'll be able to do something in somebody else's life. It's a chain reaction. I know why I'm here. I might not be here for you guys. That's fine. But there's somebody I'm here for. And there's somebody you're here for. But if you know the purpose, why you're here, Man, you will be able to not only let God change your life, 
Watch God use you to change somebody else's life. I dare you today to leave here expecting God to do a change in your life. I dare you to start coming here on Sundays saying, guess what? My life ain't going to be the same when I get home. Something's going to change. Something's going to change. Oh, I dare you. I dare you to come up in this place and say, I know that there's going to be a change in my life. I know my whole week's been messed up. I know my life been messed up. But when I walk into the presence of God, when I walk into the house of God, there's going to be a change in my life. Something different is going to happen when I leave this door. Something different is going to happen. I dare you to believe that. I dare you to trust your God. I dare you to praise your God. I dare you to act a fool. I dare you to act a fool. I dare you and watch God show up. Watch this. Watch this. What God does next in your life all determines what you do first. Oh, God, I want you to bless my family. I lost my job. God, please help me find another job. But God said, what have you done for me? You can't even raise your hand. You can't even praise me. You can't even honor me. Forget what somebody say who's sitting next to you. Don't worry about that. Trust God. That's why I'm here. I'm not here to entertain you guys. I, I enjoy the Lord, but I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to help him with his plan. He has a plan. And that's why I'm here to help him. And that's why you're here. That's why you're here. And if I expect my daughter to know the plan, I better know the plan. Church, you're here for a reason. And when you know your reason, you can't stop a person who knows their purpose. Pray with me. Father, I thank you so much in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I just thank you so much that you are still, that you are still delivering and mending broken hearts. God, I pray for families that are struggling right now. God, I pray for marriages that are struggling right now. God, I pray for the broken hearts right now, the hearts that are confused. There are people in here that are confused, God, saying, why, why, why am I in here? God, I just pray that you will show them their purpose. You will show them their reason. God, just lift us up in this place. Holy Spirit, I just pray whatever is wrong in this place, whatever is wrong in their lives, Holy Spirit, you will make it right. You will show them. You begin to lead them and guide them. God, I begin to thank you so much for what you already done. God, we give you praise for what you're about to do. Forgive us if we come in here doubting, but give us the power to expect things to change in our lives. God, we thank you so much, and we make sure that you will receive all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.